Hey guys, welcome to The Nursing Co-op. I am so excited that you're here. On this podcast, our goal is to build your confidence, expand your knowledge, and create a supportive, cooperative community for nurses, one nurse at a time. My name's Ashley. I'm a registered nurse on a mission to empower nurses to build meaningful careers and change nursing culture along the way. In our time together, I hope to share my experiences, provide you with resources, and create a space where you can find your footing as a nurse without judgment. We will unravel nursing topics and make connections with amazing guests to give you all of the tools that you need to build an incredible life and career. I believe that it takes a village to build a strong nurse. We are your village. This is The Nursing Co-op. What's up, guys? Welcome back to The Nursing Co-op. I'm really excited that you guys are here for today's episode because of a few things. One, it's May, which is fun. Uh, May is my birth month, so my birthday's in this month, and it is Mental Health Awareness Month, which is one of my favorite months. So we are going to be doing a few things that are pretty cool this month. One is I'm going to be kicking off something that I've wanted to do for a little while with this podcast, which is launch a second episode per week called Wellness Wednesdays. It's the easiest thing for me to do is to put it on Wednesdays because alliteration is, you know, key. So we're going to be starting Wellness Wednesdays. And on Wednesdays, I'll talk about a health topic, whether that's physical or mental health, um, nutrition, fitness, Uh, all sorts of things, because I am studying both personal training and nutrition coaching right now. So I've got all sorts of things that I'm learning that I'm really excited about. And health has always been a big passion of mine, part of the reason I went into healthcare. But unfortunately, with healthcare, sometimes you don't really get to express that passion because you're it feels sometimes like you're just putting band-aids on things, just keeping people alive Um, worrying about quantity rather than quality of life. So I want to add something into this podcast that focuses on quality. And I want it to be about you guys. So I want to help nurses improve and solidify their physical, mental, and emotional health. So look out for that. It's going to be starting this Wednesday. So keep your eye out for an episode, a bonus episode releasing this Wednesday, and expect that that's going to be happening every week, not just for the month of May, but I thought it was the perfect time to kind of kick this off because it is mental health month. The first episode that's going to be releasing on Wednesday is going to give you a little bit of background and insight into my health journey And we're going to talk about some really raw and vulnerable things. Part of the reason I want to talk about this stuff is because I really do want to normalize tough conversations. That's part of of this whole podcast altogether is normalizing difficult conversations and saying things out loud that some of us are keeping inside. So look out for that. I'm really excited for that. But for today, I want to do a quickie little episode about a topic that I think is pretty relevant right now, uh, one that I've been getting questions on and one that I had my own questions about. So I did a little bit more research because it's something I'm facing right now as well, which is navigating nurse retention contracts. So this could be called a number of things. It might not be called a nurse retention contract or it might be called some sort of bonus or something like that. But I want to talk about it in the context of a contract. And as always, I am no legal expert. I can't tell you all the ins and outs of the legal things that go behind these contracts. But I want to talk about them because I think a lot of us are being offered them right now because hospitals are hemorrhaging staff, nurses, techs, everyone. 
it's a hard thing that nurses are, or that hospitals are facing right now is just staffing in general. And we're all feeling it because we're pretty much all on understaffed units. There are very few well-staffed units right now. So, so many hospitals are trying to figure out, they're scrambling to figure out how to keep their staff. And so one of the things that's emerging from that is that a lot of hospitals are starting to offer nurse retention contracts or uh, bonuses. And a lot of these things come with stipulations. So I want to talk about the nurse retention contract, that idea, truly just in the context of knowing questions that are great to ask, knowing what to consider, at least from what I've learned in this will now be my second contract. So my first one was not a nurse retention bonus, but when I first became a nurse, I signed a new grad contract. The hospital where I worked, which is now where I'm back working, um, they had a kind of a nurse residency style program for new nurses. And part of that was this three-year contract that you signed. And they, it's not like I got money, but what they did is they valued, quote unquote, valued this program at a specific amount. So it was like 6,000 something or whatever. It was the value that they're offering me with this nurse residency. And essentially that's the contract. So if I break the contract leave before three years are up, I pay back some prorated amount. That was how this contract worked. And the reason, the only reason I'm actually bringing this up is because it came back to haunt me recently. (laughs) So it shouldn't have, but it did. Um, which is part of the reason I get nervous with contracts because I think sometimes they can come back to haunt you. I'm not opposed, but I think it's something that we all need to really think about and understand well. So when I signed this contract, I just wanted the job. I didn't really think much about it. I just wanted that job and I knew that I'd figure it out if I ever had to lead, leave. Um, and I didn't think I would when I started, of course. Um, so I left about after about a year and a half. And so I paid basically half of that um, amount back. I paid when I left. Really, they just took it out of my last paycheck and my PTO. And so I got like this nothing paycheck for my last paycheck, which is fine. So it was paid in full. I left, worked at an outpatient for about six months, and then I ended up coming back to the same hospital uh, six months later. And so I was rehired and started working. And then I recently just went part-time. And after that, I just recently got a letter in the mail saying, oh, you went part-time, so now you owe $1,200 more or something. Because they still considered me on this contract for some reason. I was still on their system this way, as if I had never left. So I had to call and deal with that and be like, I paid this. You, are, I'm not on a new grad contract anymore. You cannot take this money. They had already taken it out of my paycheck. So luckily, you know, my, my husband and I, we don't live paycheck to paycheck right now, but I know so many people are struggling. And so this would be devastating if they just suddenly took $1,200 out of your paycheck that you need to live. So luckily that wasn't the case for me, but it was still extremely frustrating. And it was right before I got offered, or right after really, I got offered this contract at uh, where I work now in the cath lab. So a sort of soured things a little bit. I figured it out. <laughs> They're giving me the money back. But I only bring that up because I, I want to highlight why it's really important to understand these contracts as well as you can and understand what you're getting into and have a plan. So that aside, <laughs> I recently was offered a contract at the hospital where I work. Um, it's a two-year contract, essentially. 
and they gave you, they gave, they're giving us a certain amount of money, uh, part of it now and then part of it after uh, the first year. And so I got given this letter. They're, you know, promising all sorts of things to make conditions better and everything. And we're all really frustrated. Morale is really low. And I think that that is the common thread in many hospitals. So they hand us this really brief letter that tells us about this contract. And I had a ton of questions. So I really want to talk to you guys about the questions that I had and the questions that I heard from my coworkers that helped me really understand this contract well and feel like I could sign it with confidence knowing that if anything changed, I'd be okay. So I really want that to be what hits home with you is I want you to go into it knowing that you have a plan if you ever do need to leave. Because, you know, we all think that we're going to stick it out. You know, oh, I can do this for two years. I can handle this for a year, three years, whatever the contract is. We all think that we can do it, especially for the money that we're being offered. But you never know where you're going to be in a year. You could be horribly miserable and all you want to do is leave and you feel trapped. So I just want you to be prepared for that scenario so that you have a backup plan. So let me just dive in to how I kind of went into this contract, how I thought about it, and the questions that I asked. Because I just want to have this conversation so that you can go in well prepared if you're offered these things or if you already have been, maybe gain some clarity and have a plan for if you ever need to leave. So essentially these contracts, most of them come with some sort of bonus up front or after a certain amount of time. And they are asking you to stay, to commit to staying where you are for a certain amount of time. Know that these are not totally binding. Like you you do not have to stay somewhere for two years. There's always some way to get out of the contract. So it's important to know how you do that in case that time comes. So let's just dive into a few things. Number one, when you are given this offer, it's okay to ask for time to consider it. Ask for time to think about it. When I got offered this contract, I asked, I said, I want to talk to my husband about this. I want to make sure that I understand. And my manager kind of tried to push it and be like, okay, well, I just need to know by tomorrow because I want to get this all done with payroll. And I'm like, well, I'll let you know. And I didn't get it back to her by the next day. It was over the weekend. So I ended up just getting back to her on Monday and it was fine. So know that they may pressure you but it's okay to ask for time to consider something. Do not feel pressured into signing something that is that important. They shouldn't be pressuring you to do that. They might try, but you should be able to have time to think about these things and consider things and ask the questions that you need to ask. So try not to feel pressured because they're going to try and pressure you because everyone's just trying to hang on to their staff for dear life, but you need time to think. Next thing to just keep in mind through this entire process is to keep all of your paperwork that you're given about this contract. Anything you sign, ask for a copy. Um, Ask for copies of any of the stipulations. Ask for a contact if you need someone you need to ask questions to. Just keep all of that paperwork even after you leave initially. Um, Because I still had the paperwork from when I signed, when I paid off that new grad contract, for example, and I could easily be like, here, here's my receipt. This is paid. This is not okay. So keep all of your paperwork when it comes to these sorts of contracts that cost you money. And a lot of times right now, these are, this is a significant amount of money that is often being offered. So keep all your paperwork, keep all your records. Next big point is to ask really clear questions and do not be afraid to ask questions. I think 
what can happen, even if you aren't considering leaving at the moment, is you feel like you need to just agree and you can't ask questions because you think it's going to imply that you're trying to leave or you don't want to stay or whatever. We don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. We don't want to imply that we're not happy where we are or that we're going to leave so that our manager freaks out. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay to preface it, preface it by saying, you know, I have no plans to leave, but I want to understand this contract in case anything changes in the future because I don't know what the future is going to bring. And it doesn't always have to be that you might hate it in the future. It could be that you have a big move that you end up having to do or, you know, you have a kid and you, you want to go part time or leave or whatever. It's okay to ask these questions because we can't predict the future. So I'm just going to run through a few of them that I thought were really important to consider. The first one is the obvious one. What happens if you break the contract? This should always be asked. I don't care if you really think that you're going to stay for years and years. What happens? What is the cost? What Do you have to pay it back? Um, and if you do, is it prorated? How does that work? So ask what happens when you break that contract or just if you break it and know the details of it. So if I break it after a year, what happens then? If I break it after two years, what happens then? Those are really great questions to ask if they are not already, if those answers aren't already given to you. Along the same vein, if you are told, oh, well, you'll pay back the the bonus or whatever you were given, another question to ask about that is, is do I pay back the pre-tax or the post-tax rate? Because they can get you with that and you end up paying back more than they even gave you if they go, if they say that it's the pre-tax rate. So if you get an $8,000 bonus and they say, oh, no, no, you pay $8,000 back, that's not even what you were given because you were already taxed on that bonus if they have already given it to you. So clarify and make sure that it is the post-tax rate so that you're not paying back even more than you were even given in the first place. Another question to consider, even if you aren't thinking of leaving, what happens if you change your status? So if you go from, for example, full-time to part-time, if you go from part-time back to full-time, if you go to per diem, if you go to seasonal, all sorts of scenarios, know what happens to this bonus or to your contract if your status changes. And so just as an example, for my case, I am now part-time. So I clarified, I'm like, is this say, is this rate the same if I'm part-time? And initially my manager was like, oh yeah, yeah, it's the same amount. And then hours later she was like, actually it's not, I checked. <laughs> so that's why I asked in the first place. But also I asked, okay, well, what if I ever want to go back to being full-time? Do I get the higher amount of this bonus? And the answer I got was no, it is based on where, wh- what, you know, status you were when you started. And so that also makes me wonder for the full-time people, if they go part-time, do they not get impacted? Do they get the higher amount? That would be something to think about as if you were a full-time person to consider. Because the answer I got implies that you would still get that high amount, which is great. So ask these types of questions. Um, Another one, is it prorated? So that goes along with what happens if you break it. So sometimes certain companies will give you a certain amount. They'll give you a a bulk amount of money. And over time, what you would have to pay back becomes prorated. Uh, For example, the contract that I'm in now, in your first year, if you change status, if you break it, you pay back the full amount of that, that first chunk of money that you got. And then after that first year, you keep that money. And then you are given the second chunk 
and that chunk is prorated if you ever leave within that second year. So that's big. That's important to understand is when it is prorated, how it's prorated, how that works. So ask those questions. You can always, if, if your manager or whoever's offering it doesn't know the answer, they should be able to point you to a person who does. So it's okay to ask for contact information and ask somebody else these questions if it's a payroll thing or something like that. And then the last couple of little ones, one is um, whether you get the money immediately or if you get it after a certain time period. So when this contract was initially offered, it was that you got a, a small bonus right at the beginning, and then it was a three-year, two-and-a-half-year contract, I can't remember, and they would just put money into some account. And then after the two-and-a-half or three years, then you'd get a bulk sum of money. So you had to stay the entire time to even see any money. Um, and now they changed it where you, you were getting some up front. Um, and so it's a little bit different. But some companies are doing that where they're just putting money into an account and then you get it after a certain amount of time. Uh, you might get it all right away. Know those answers because that will help you plan what you're going to do with that money. And it may help you consider whether you even want to commit to that sort of thing. And then lastly, what if you transfer units? Uh, what if you transfer units within the same hospital? What if you go from inpatient to outpatient within the same hospital? That is an important thing to understand because sometimes these are department specific. Sometimes they're hospital specific. So know what happens if you transfer units. So these are all really important things to ask. They're great questions to ask. If you're getting answers on these and they, these details weren't clearly spelled out in the contract that you're signing. It's also okay for you to ask for those things to be in writing or get some sort of copy of these stipulations so that you have something to turn back to in two years when things change and they try and say, oh, no, no, we never said that. That's not true. It's good to have it in writing. So it's okay to ask for that type of detail in your contract. And then the last thing I want to touch on just really quickly is how you can kind of protect yourself if you are signing a contract, you're going to be getting a big sum of money, and maybe you're unsure of what to do with that money that you're being given. So it's really tempting, especially if you're given a big sum, like 8000 20000 There's huge contracts happening right now. If you're being given thousands of dollars, it's really tempting to spend it immediately, especially if you really need it right now. The word of caution that goes along with that is if you get a sum of money like that and you spend it all you are then more trapped in that contract. You can always figure out your way out of it. You could save up. You could take extra shifts to you know, build that account back up so that you can pay it back if something happens. But you're a little bit more stuck. What I am doing, and I, this is what I would recommend, but I don't know everyone's scenario. So you know, I am privileged to be able to do, to have this backup plan. But this is extra money. This is money that I was not planning on getting. And I would really love to just spend it or put it into some account or pay off something. And, and that is also an option if you want to use it to pay down debt or something like that. But again, you don't have that money as your backup if something changes. But what we're going to do is we're going to be given this money and we're going to put it into our savings, essentially just to bulk up our emergency savings. So then, you know, if something terrible happens, if an emergency happens, we might spend that money um, because we've, you know, we're in some bad scenario, but for the most part, that money's just going to sit there. And we're working on figuring out exactly where to put our savings. We're considering a high yield savings account, or there's also, you know, 
investment plans that you can put money into that are like very safe, not super risky, high risk investment plans. So there's options, but we're putting it into that bucket. And then if anything changes, I can just take it out of that bucket and pay back what I owe. So I'm not stuck. I still have the money sitting there. You know, if something terrible happens, I've got that in my, you know, as our backup. But we already have, you know, money saved up for emergencies. And this will just add to that. And then in two years, or even after one year, I can spend that certain amount that I'm not going to have to pay back. And then we can dump it into, um, you know, a debt that we're trying to pay, like a student loan, or we can use it as, you know, down payment on a house or all these things. But it just sits there until it's a safer option for me to do that. Because I don't want to run into the scenario where I am miserable or we want to move across the country or something or I want to leave my job and I don't have that money to pay back. And now I'm stuck in a really crappy situation. So I would recommend if you can keep it somewhere safe, put it into a savings account, let it let it build up a little bit, too. If you can put it into some high yield savings or some sort of safe investment plan, ask someone that, you know, who understands finances. So in case the world changes and you want to break this contract, you're in a good spot to do so safely without it impacting your family in a negative way. You weren't expecting to have this money anyway. So unless you're, you know, you might be in a a scenario that's really crushing or really putting a lot of pressure on you that this money would be really helpful for. And that's, that's a different scenario. But if you are able to, this was not money that you thought you were going to be getting. And so keep it somewhere, keep it safe for that time that that contract goes by. And once it's over, great. You can spend that money and now you got this nice bonus for yourself. Or another option if you do end up spending the money is put in some sort of plan where you're building that back up. So if you you know need it right now or you want to use it to pay off a debt and you're like, I'm not going to leave in the next six months or so, figure out a plan where maybe you can save that money back up to pay it back if you needed to. Um, figure out, you know, put so much into savings every, you know, paycheck or every month or so that you're going to build that amount back up so that in six months or whenever you have that back in your account. So that's really how I would recommend protecting yourself because we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how how we're going to feel in six months, a year, two years, however long this contract is for. So just consider that. All right, guys. I know that this doesn't answer every question in the world. I know that there are so many questions that come from these contracts. If you have additional questions, definitely reach out. I'm happy to answer what I can or refer you to someone who will know the answer. But I I just wanted to kind of touch on this topic because everyone around the country, we're really starting to hear a lot more about these retention bonuses and contracts and all these things that I think it's important to talk about them and just consider all these details that maybe you hadn't thought of. And if there's something that you think of too, that you're like, oh, this question is a really great one to ask as well. Let me know and I'll share it with everyone because that's really the intention here. I don't have all the answers. (laughs) I am not the expert. But I think if we just start talking and we start sharing, that's how things can really change and that's how we can change the culture. So I hope that this episode was helpful. If you have questions, let me know. If you think this will be helpful for one of your nursing friends, if you know someone who's going to be signing a contract, definitely share it with them. If you do, please tag me. I love to see you guys share. I love to see this message spread. And I just really appreciate you guys and everything that you do. Happy Mental Health Awareness Month. I hope that you're doing something to take care of yourself this month. Plan something. Educate yourselves on mental health 
and let's have a really cool conversation about it this month. I'm super excited about the things that are going to be coming out, especially starting on Wednesday and each Wednesday, each week. We're going to be talking about a lot of things this month. It's going to be really heavily focused on mental health because obviously it's the season. And I think that these uh, these conversations are really important to have right now because we're all going through a lot. So look out for those. I can't wait to see what you guys think. And I hope you guys have an amazing week. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for spending some time with me and our community in the nursing co-op. If you liked this episode and found some value in the content, please share it with any and all of your nursing friends on social media and tag me at Ashley underscore nursing co-op so that I can thank you personally. That way we can continue to build this community and change nursing culture for the better. I can't wait to see what we create. I will see you next week, but until then, happy nursing.